In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. The Golf Show with Brian Katrick. He's been the talk of the course today with his huge drives. And Ollie Dean. I really am rugged with his. It's early Sunday morning. The sun is coming up. I'm on the tee at 7. I'm here to try my luck. They say this game's a tough one, but I'll give it my best shot. Though the bunkers look like beaches and the greens like parking lots. Oh, Lord. Big match coming up. I'm going to be the caddy. What am I going to do? Why don't you try him a little left? And why don't you try back and up? Give me just a little room. Help me keep my head down. Save me from those double bogey blues. Golf requires goofy pants and fat ass. You know, you don't deserve any credit getting the ball with that swing of yours. Try to hit one with my swing. I'm catching the ball, right? Moving my head. I'm laying it off. Well, that's too. I'm prone to you. When you're not suiting me, I'm clearing to you. I'm clearing to you. My God, my swing feels like a chair. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole. Save me from the double bogey blue. Gunga, galunga. And a happy holiday weekend to you. Sunday morning on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. It is the golf show on a game day Sunday. And uh, we are together in the battery Right here at the studios, Ollie Dean, Brian Katrick. Good morning, Ollie. Good morning, Brian. I, I love the attire pick for today. This is the ugliest shirt I've ever I've ever worn. It is horrific. Yep, David Holloway's over in the other room, probably just now thinking, I'm glad they're saying it because I didn't want to say it. Uh, Derek Thomas with the week off. David's too polite to have said anything about the ugliest shirt in the world. Yeah, I wouldn't dare say that. I mean, yeah. I'm more of a gentleman than that. Give it, give it, give it a second because this is for the center square. We'll give you a little extra time. How would you describe this shirt? Ollie will get a chance at it, and we'll all, you know, none of us are going to get it completely right. It looks like you took a part of the checkered flag from the Daytona 500 and mixed it with um, what appears to be um, kind of a different sort of flag. Okay, <laughs> all right, <laughs> that's very clever. I like that, that is clever. There's a lot of colors in this shirt. A lot of flags represented. You've yes. got the, the caution flag, you've got the green flag, yep. you've got the checkered flag, the black flag. I've never been given a red or a blue flag, so I'm not sure where those come from. Yeah, blue with the one stripe is... Well, red uh, would be stop of the race. Blue with the stripe is move over. That is true, that's, that is true. And uh, that's before you get black flagged. Red, we all understand. And this is the Indianapolis Motor Speedway logo. It's a big race day. Ollie and I, we're going to talk golf, but we're also big race fans. The hat is a Daytona 500 hat because we did win the Daytona 500. We, my team, Front Row Motorsports, I'm a principal in that team. You've been to Victory Lane with that, haven't you? I, I, well, I was, <laughs> we're just big, big, big fans. But uh, Henry was just at Fan Day, by the way. Nice. Uh, month, uh, Thursday and Friday up at their shop. He went to the shop. He bought a big side of one of the cars and... His mother has to drive that home. And he's competing in a ninja tournament up in Mount Airy. 
uh, Mount, uh, Rocky Mount. Rocky Mount, which yeah, is well, nowhere near a mount. One of the mounts, yeah. It's misnamed because there's no mount. Well, here's my description of your shirt. Okay. It is wonderfully horrific. Yes. Yes, this came from Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So here's the golf tie. Did you buy that in the snake pit? I bought it in the golf shop. Oh, there you go. Because there is a lot of folks may or may not know this. You're going to see it today. The race is on NBC today, by the way. It's not on ABC after all those years. It's been on NBC now for the last few years. Um, NBC, if you see any of the blimp shots, there are four holes, four golf holes inside the speedway. It's as big as Talladega. It's as big as Daytona. It's a two and a half mile oval, but there are four golf holes. It looks like a golf course in there, but there's four holes. Those are those are part of what they call the Brickyard Crossing Golf Course. It's designed by Pete Dye, and which I believe held a senior major, hasn't it? Uh, it has held it held an LPGA event multiple years. I think it may actually still hold the LPGA event. I don't know if it held a senior major or not, but it could have. It's good enough to have done that. Well, I think it's a wonderful time of the year to break that out of the back of the closet. This, so we, we went up there for a golf tournament, mm-hmm. um, got invited the uh, what is now the U.S. Am Tour, the old Golf Channel Am Tour. Ryan Moore runs a great tour here in town. If you want to play any competitive golf at all, doesn't matter what your handicap is, check them out online, usamtour.com. Well, there's an Indianapolis tour or an Indiana tour. A guy named Rick Gear, of all names. This guy named, his name is Rick Gear runs an event, and I see an online ad, and they're going to run an event at Brickyard Crossing. I'm like, I want to go. So I bring my son with me, and sure enough, we drive here. There's a, lots of things people don't know here on Indy 500 Sunday. You you know a lot of this having been up there, Ollie. Ollie, again, big race guy. We, we drive from the airport over to the track, and the entrance between, between turns one and two in the short shoot that's how you enter the track. You just drive right on through, and it's open all the time because you go underneath the tunnel, and it does not affect the track. And, and when you look at the track, you're like, I didn't know there's a tunnel under there. That's exactly right. You're not supposed to know. You don't know. It doesn't affect the track. They can be, I don't know if the tunnel's open during the race, but it could be. So uh, we pull in, and, and one, of the, one of the Porsche clubs is, is running cars. There's a sports car club there. So we can hear cars. We pull in. And that's also where the museum is. The museum's open all the time. So you pull in, you just go to the museum. Anything you want to go have lunch at the Indy Museum, you can. So we pull in and just park in the parking lot. We can hear cars. We can see cars. They're driving on the road course. That's great. Uh, we play in the golf tournament. Over in turn two is where the golf shop is. And that's where their carts are. They have a driving range. And if you hit a big snap hook off the driving range, you can hit it out into the backstretch. Uh, are there any are there any holes where the tracks in play? Yeah, this is golf. They're all the tracks in play on a lot of them. Uh, so they don't use the backstretch on the road course. So they won't let you play golf when they're using the backstretch, but they will let you play golf when they're using the road course. So, uh, so we played the golf tournament. I went in afterwards. I had won some money, you know, some pro shop money, and said I saw this. This is the ugliest golf shirt ever. Oh, yeah. It's wonderfully horrific, though. Yeah. And I think wearing it one time a year is, is okay. Today's the day. It's the day. U.S. Open's going to be at Brookline, those those 1999 Ryder Cup shirts. Everybody said they were ugly. I didn't think they were ugly. No, I they, actually, were, they were ugly. I liked that shirt. Well, it worked it, out pretty well. This one, I admit, is ugly. And I this is my Indy 500 day shirt. So as that, it should be. As it should be. It's got the Indy 500 logo on it.
And there's a golf course there. Pete Dye Design Golf Course. Brickyard Crossing. Brickyard Crossing. One of the holes inside is a drivable par four. Uh, there's a par three and uh, two other par fours that are c- considerable in length. I mean, there's real golf holes in there. And they have a they have a halfway house in there. I think the ninth hole is in there. Pretty sure that's, a, I think, 9, I think 10, right. 11, 12. Yeah, I think that's right. Are in there. Uh, or, or 8, 9, 10, and 11. Right? Tough tee time to get this morning. Yeah, I can't imagine that they're they're playing. I mean, right now you got cars parked all over there. Race day. Have you ever been to the Indy 500? I have. Talk, tell everybody about the race day experience at the uh, Indy 500. What is it like right now at the track? Race starts it, at 12 It depends on where you are. Like with any racetrack, um, if you're in the hospitality suites, it's it's very grandiose. Yep. If you're in the snake pit, um, watch out for your life. We did this show. It was uh, it was nine years ago, according to the Facebook, <laughs> who showed me the flashback picture. I took my dad and my son. We all went up there, three generations, to watch the race. And uh, we did this show from the Brickyard Crossing Golf Club. Nice. Talk to the head pro. I thought you were going to say you did it from the snake pit. And for those not aware, the snake pit is, imagine Talladega's infield on steroids of how wild the snake pit is in the infield of the Indianapolis 500. So I would have been very impressed if you said you did the show from there. We did not. We did not go there. We're we still alive. In, so we sat in turn four. That probably shows that you didn't go there. <laughs> so, so this time, nine years ago, we were on the air. But an hour ago... I was bailing out on the rental car with my, leaving my dad and my son in it because we were on whatever road was leading up to the speedway. We were a mile away, and we were not going to get there. It just wasn't. We were just stopped. That was it. It was over with. I got out of the car, carried the gear, walked the last mile, and they got there about 45 minutes into the show. I mean, it took them an hour and a half to get get in and get parked and we had parking a parking pass to park there in turn two in the golf course's parking lot and the guy said do you want to get the you want to do the police escort and we're like ah, we don't need that oh we needed that we because and what the, the police escort they have for anyone who has those close-up parking passes they have two or three times an hour that you have met at a mall and they bring 20 or 30 cars over at a time that's what the police escort is. And they just, they just, woo, they bring you in. Everybody else is just sitting out there in the periphery. Yeah. So, like myself, you've been to Daytona, you've been to Talladega. The size and scale of the Indianapolis 500 is, is indescribable compared to those two. It's yeah. just, it is the biggest spectacle in motorsports. What, what are they going to put? Well, how many fans are they going to put in there? It's, it's back open again. What are we going to put? Are we going to put half a million? We're not going to get to half a million. Uh, counting infield and everywhere, probably 275. 275,000 people yeah. in that track today. Yeah. This isn't a week-long conglomeration. They put a lot of people through TPC Scottsdale and Phoenix. No, today, at the same time, 275,000 people. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And then one more before we talk pure golf. Again, this is a golf story. <laughs> On the way to the golf show that morning. We're uh, we're we're in that in that line of stop and go traffic, and uh, there's a guy that they're in some sort of a jeep vehicle, and it has broken down, and it has the hood up, and it's in neutral, 
and you got about three guys that are pushing it and probably 15 people looking under the hood. They're going to fix this thing as it's in stop-and-go traffic, <laughs> as they're rolling. And everybody there, they, they could, could not wait to get a look under the hood at this Jeep and see if they could figure out what was wrong with it. And they had a couple hours to get it done as the thing is going an inch at a time and stop a perfectly flat road. So people are just pushing it down the street <laughs> at a snail's pace. Well, I have one more golf story <laughs> about right. the Indianapolis 500. So you talked about the ABC coverage. Eddie Cheever, yes, winner, used oh. to do that coverage. Um, so Eddie raced in a series that I was a part of, and he invited me over to Lake Nona to play golf. So we're playing golf, and he tells me this story about him and Jim Courier. And so Jim Courier lived in Lake Nona or in the area as well. So they went out to a bar. They were having dinner and drinks. They end up, you know, meeting two ladies, talking, and the ladies are like, well, what do you guys do? And Jim Courier's like, well, I used to be the number one ranked tennis player in the world and, you know, professional tennis player. And Eddie Cheever's like, well, I'm a race car driver, actually won the Indianapolis 500. <laughs> the two women stand up and say, you guys are such liars, and walked away. <laughs> You're the worst liars ever. Worst liars. Come up with something better. Oh, I laughed so hard in that <laughs> golf cart when Eddie told me that story. Oh, that is great. I mean, you think, you know, you think winning the, the brickyard, hoisting the Borg Warner trophy is going to give you some credit. Didn't give him any credit no, at all. No, just didn't believe him. Nope. So the PGA Tour got finished with the PGA Championship, and they head back down to Dallas. Now, you were out there. What are your key takeaways from the PGA Championship? My, my takeaways echo those of the uh, of the club pro guy who put together his the four swing thoughts <laughs> that that uh, poor Mito Pereira had mm. while standing on that 18th tee and while making that fateful swing. And they were, don't go right, don't go right, <laughs> don't go right. And for the love of all that is good, <laughs> please don't go right as he hit it. Right. right. Th that was one of those infamous swings. We're going to remember this the same way we remember Jean Vandeveld. You know, I was thinking about that. I'm glad that you brought that up because I, I don't think we will. I mean, John Vandeveld's it took a collapse. while. <laughs> it was yeah. It was it was like a three act play. I mean, you bought a ticket. You know, you had an intermission. It took a long time to watch that train wreck unfold. Mito's was over quickly. Well, it was over far quicker. Um, Mito still bogey gets him in the playoff. Oh yeah. So you're dropping two, you're hitting three from the creek. You can hit the green from there. He didn't. He yeah. one-hopped it off the back of the green. It was a tough shot, but you can. People had hit the green from there. It wasn't inconceivable. Yeah, for those that hadn't been on property, that is a big fade from where the creek is around some trees to try and get to that green. That was going to well, always be a tough shot. Where he entered the creek, another club pro guy, Jim, he said, I would drop 20 yards up from there. And at, <laughs> at this point, it's just his words against theirs. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yes, back where he dropped, it was a tough shot to hit the green. But so he one hops it off the back. But even then, you get it up and down, you're in the playoff. And uh, yeah, that guy, I mean, I don't, I don't know where I would have ranked him among the playoff combatants. He would have been most mad. You know, you would have, you would have had Will Zalatoris and Justin Thomas, but you would have had that guy that just did that. Uh, the playoff rotation with a reachable par five, then a drivable, drivable four. four. And then you got to go play 18 again. I don't know who that would have favored either. That I thought the playoff was fascinating. Justin Thomas laid up on the first playoff hole. Still made birdie, yeah. Yeah. Will Zalatoris had an eagle putt. Oh, what a great shot he had in there. Yeah. So there, there are a lot of talking points. Uh, you're right. The Vandeveld took so long.
Yeah, it really did. I mean, he took his shoes off. He waited in the creek. Yeah. Sorry. The, the it was brook. the burn. It was the burn, yes. The yes. burn, sorry. Yeah, they can't. They got to have a different word for everything. Did I tell you... Uh, so my one of my favorite things about Oklahoma City or about Tulsa was uh first of all that I didn't call it Oklahoma City on the air. I almost did uh, 10 times but I kept stopping myself. Uh my favorite thing about Tulsa is it's a gigantic suburb. Like they have all the fast food restaurants. They have them all. There were they have in and out. And they don't have them all. Uh, well, I mean but they have they have like there were five Arby's between me and the golf course. There were three Sonics between me and the golf course. And unlike our Sonic over there in uh, whatever, Powder Springs, Austell, they actually, they're open and they cook things correctly. My, that, that, our Sonic over there off of Horn Road, is that's the worst Sonic Never of all there. of the Sonic. You don't. And I'm not that guy. I love it, but not that one. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the tater tots at Sonic. Yeah, there's a lot to be a fan of at Sonic. Yeah, it's true. The drink menu is pretty good, too. Sitting there for 30 minutes and then not getting anything is not, that's not going to make you a fan. <laughs> no, it's like the Bojangles on South Cobb. Yeah? Yeah. Same Show up there problem. for breakfast, you may get it by lunchtime. Yeah, that's a problem. It is. We yeah. got to, we got to, we, you've got some fast food fans here. And I, there are, there's the food snobs are listening going, it's fast food. What do you expect? Well, I expect the food. Yeah, I expect my country ham biscuit during breakfast yes, time. Yes, I went there for the food. It's better than wherever yeah. you're going. Except that if they don't give it to us, then we got to say you're right. And we don't want to say you're right. We want Bojangles. I was so excited when that opened and so disappointed every time I went through. Yeah. Oh, well. Maybe they'll uh, they'll figure it out. But I liked Tulsa. Everything was there in triplicate. Everything worked. And at the very corner of the property, the corner of 61st and whatever road was the other road, there was a uh, quick trip gas station. I mean... 100 yards from the entrance that I got to drive in, the main entrance to, to Southern Hills, they had another nine holes, too, so we're parking over there. It was just Everything was very convenient, but a, 100 yards was a quick-trip gas station. It was Our trailer was probably only 300 yards from it. So if there was a hole in the fence, I didn't even need the catering trailer. I can just get over there and get me 44 ounces of something. <laughs> Fill it up. So I go in there so one day. The last five minutes has described why you do not enjoy going to Europe. <laughs> It's funny that you say that because I go in there one day and you think there's nothing more American than the quick trip gas station. And who do I see in the quick trip gas station as a team player buying Red Bulls for his entire team? And most of them had they were too good to go in the quick trip gas station. Who was it in there? Uh, it, was, uh, it was for the canal TV French television who on French television volunteered to go into the big American as all get out gas station and buy stuff for his crew because he wasn't too good to do it. We have come full circle to Jean Vandeveld. Jean Dadgum Vandeveld was in the quick trip buying stuff for his team with a gigantic smile on his face. I love that guy. He seems to be a good guy. Yes. I mean, the Odyssey putter commercial that he did. Yes. Where he played the hole with a putter. He went back. Good if stuff. you missed the 99 British Open, he made a triple on the last hole with a three-shot lead. Uh, he did go into a playoff, but then Paul Laurie would wind up winning that playoff. And the Odyssey putt, it wasn't Odyssey, it was uh, it was Never Compromise. That's right, it was a Never Compromise, yeah. that old gray and black one. Yep, and the Never Compromise people came back because they, they questioned a lot of his club selection. 
<laughs> Rightfully so. Uh, I disagree. But they went back and they, they offered him money to just play the hole with a putter. And could you make a six? Because he made a seven. Could you make a six just playing the hole with a putter? And he did. <laughs> he was able to make a six. Took him a couple tries to do it. Yeah, I think it was his third try he did it. Yeah. <laughs> but a good sport. A good sport. A very good sport. And if you haven't seen the documentary, I think it's a... It's either a golf channel or a 30 for There's 30. There's a 30 for 30. And it is Well, you know quality. what? Maybe it's not a 30 for 30. I, was, I thought that at first, but maybe it's a golf channel. Yeah, I think you're right. Because they had that goofy, that actor that was the narrator. Yeah. But go on demand and watch that. Um, <laughs> you will relive probably the greatest collapse on the 18th hole in major championship history. But you will certainly find a great deal of respect for the man that endured that and continued to move on. Yes. And still to this day, we'll go to the Quick Trip gas station and buy stuff for his crew. I mean, he had two handsfuls of stuff. Like, I offered to help carry him, carry stuff to the to the register. Oh, no, no, it is okay. I will make it two trips. Did you tell him you've seen him take a drop? You may need, to, may need a little no, bit of help. I, was, <laughs> I know. That would have been classless. <laughs> All right. So... There's that. We will. Uh, congratulations to Justin Thomas, who wins the PGA Championship. Yes. What did you think of the outfit before we go to break? Did you notice anything about the outfit? No, I didn't. He wore victory red. Well, good for him. When he won the PGA Championship in 2017 at, uh, at Quail Hollow, a pinkish shirt, but it was a navy blue hat, navy blue pants. Since then, Justin has developed a very nice friendship with Tiger. It has not gone unnoticed. He was actually unnoticed. He was actually asked about it a couple times. He did not admit that the victory red was for Tiger, but he winked. So, uh, still kind of a pinkish shirt, but he went black hat, black pants. Um, and uh, that, that that friendship, I don't think had. I don't think it had nothing to do with Justin winning. I think, no, I think that's fair. Yeah, he, he he got a lot out of that, and apparently it's it's Tiger's son, Charlie, and Justin are they're the buddies, you know, or whatever it is. Well, a great comeback. Uh, minus two. What was he? Six shots back on into the final round. That sounds right. I think may have even been seven. He was seven. Yeah, me was at nine. Yeah, it was the largest comeback in PGA Championship history. Uh, now that did again. It, there's two ways. John Vandeveld was only two or three shots up heading into Sunday, but Paul Lowry, who won, was, was way back ten. Yeah, he shot sixty-five. Is that right? Uh, I don't know, but it's something like that at Carnoustie. Ten shots back is the farthest anybody's come back, but nobody's ever blown a ten-shot lead. Mito actually it wasn't even Mito. It was, uh, or it was Mito. Didn't have a 10-shot lead. I think he had a two-shot lead, maybe a three-shot lead. He had a big lead, but it wasn't a 10-shot lead. He wasn't he wouldn't have a seven-shot lead, but Thomas was seven shots back. Came out of the pack and won it. It was fun to see. I thought it was great. Yeah, there's a lot of great calls. Zalatoris, birdie 18 to get into the playoff. Yeah, Thomas, not birdieing 18. Thought he had to have it. Thought he had. I thought he had to have it. I thought that was going to be it. Rory, probably to let another one slip away. Yeah. Hard charge that just evaporates for yeah. Rory. I mean, he still shot two under on Sunday, but he's he's one round away in these tournaments from winning another major, I think. We started thinking those thoughts. All right, we're going to step aside. There's uh, there's news out of London. That, yeah, we got a field announcement. Yeah, no, well. We'll talk about that. We, we do have a field announcement. Yes, we do. The Live Golf event, which is going to be. LIV. LIV next week. Yeah, it is next week. It's next week. 
Yeah. So we'll talk about the field we, when we come back. They did make a field announcement. There is an announcement. There were actually two. <laughs> yes, there are two. We'll talk about both of them. All right. That's coming up. It's a race day. They're, they're about to be out on the track in Monaco. Uh, you got the Indy 500. You got the Coke 600. That's why we're talking racing, too. We're, we're not. We're done with that now. But big race day. Big we'll sports out. day. We got to tell an Eddie Cheever story. Got to tell an Eddie Cheever story with uh, Jim Courier. That's the that's the only Jim Courier story we've told this week, right, David? Yeah, that's got to be it. It's the golf show on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. And now it's time for Who's Driving? Brought to you by Rage J. If you're facing DUI charges, you need a DUI lawyer who will step up to the T for you. Call Ray Cell at 404-964-4185 to schedule an appointment. Well, it's funny that you ask, Ray. Because it's a big race day. <laughs> big, big race day. Uh, they're, they're not driving in Vegas at Shadow Creek. LPGA playing the Bank of Hope LPGA match play hosted by Shadow Creek. They are walking, and they're doing a lot of walking. They do the, the match play the same way the men do at the Dell match play uh, at the World Golf Championship event. And they play pods, and now they're on to the fifth round. We've got four players still alive. Uh, for this. This is the event that had so much walking. If you remember, Sophia Popoff last year, there were a couple of players that didn't play. There were several others that withdrew in the middle of it. And Sophia Popoff did so much walking that she had the old Kurt Schilling bloody sock. They gave themselves blisters out there. It's nope. hot in the desert. It is hot in the desert. And Shadow Creek. I mean, it's, it's a fine walk once, apparently, but it's not a fine walk six times. Have you played Shadow Creek? I have not. Have you? I have not. So there was a time not too long ago that I, I wanted to kind of conquest the top ten public golf courses listed by Golf Digest. And that was one that I just never got off the list. That's Who's Driving, brought to you by Ray Judice. Uh, I love match play. You know who needs to call Ray, don't you? Uh, who's that? Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholas. Well, we're going to get to Jack Nicholas. Uh, you, th- you think Ray would help Jack? I don't know. There is a headline. We'll do it now. There's a headline. Uh, Which only shows that we live in much too litigious a society when Jack Nicholas is suing Jack Nicholas. Yes, that was uh, that <laughs> was like, like I'm kind of stern talking to myself sometimes. <laughs> I, I like to think that I'm, I'm introspective, you know. Uh-huh. Come on, Ollie, try harder. But I've never actually thought of taking myself to court. Yeah, I'll see you in court. <laughs> So that's the headline that was going around is Jack Nicholas sues Jack Nicholas. And look, that's the headlines are only designed to get you to read the story. That why I hate to admit it, but that one did it. Yep. Made me read it. I'm in. Because uh, you know that Jack Nicholas, the person, is not suing anybody. That's not what he does. That's not what he's all about. Uh, there is a Jack Nicholas company, and in this case, the company is suing the man because at some point in the past, the recent past, Jack sold, he basically did an NIL deal. He sold his name. He sold the company. Others have done the same thing, and they they paid him for his name. You know, they, they he made a big bunch of money. I heard several reasons why. Uh, I don't know if any of them are true. No. But... What, apparently there's a disagreement on how they can work together moving forward and what was actually purchased, and I'm sure the courts will will work it out um, if it even gets that far. Um, but at the end of the day, it was a good headline. 
Yeah, Jack Nicholas sues Jack Nicholas. I'm rooting for Jack in this one. I feel like Jack's going to win. I do too. Yeah, I'm, but I'm with you. I hope that Jack doesn't uh, doesn't get to court with Jack. Now, before the break, we talked about the breaking news from LIV. <laughs> yeah, there's been a field announcement. Who's playing? Well, it's funny you ask that because the field announcement, which was scheduled for Friday, was now, it really scheduled for Friday. Well, I don't know that it got scheduled for Friday until Thursday because. I was on the air Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and they didn't have any field announcements scheduled. But then all of a sudden, Thursday, there's an announcement that the field was going to come Friday. And then Friday morning comes, and you nothing happens. And you get a field announcement from a tournament that's going to happen in London. We're spoiled over here. By the time we wake up, we should not only have the field, we should have all the reaction to the field, too. Half of our work as journalists. Journalists? Good job, David. Is done here when the story comes out of a different time zone. Yeah. Now, we're not used to that because we're in the eastern time zone. We're the ones who usually have to do this, and those lazy sods out there on the West Coast get to benefit from what we're doing. But when the story comes out of London, we get to sit back on the gravy train and wait for them to do our work for us. You get up Friday morning, there's no field announcement. What are they doing over there? I don't know. Beer and Telegraph, not on top of things. Are we ha- are still having our tea and crumpets? All right, well, we'll let the East Coasters, we'll get to the bottom of this. No field announcement. Uh, somewhere, sometime zones journalists, journalists, journalists. <laughs> uh, caused at least the LIV group to make a second announcement, which was that there will be no field announcement. Well, at some point they have to announce the field, right? You're not going to wait till the first tee on 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 Friday. You might be onto something. <laughs> at this point, let's just do that. At this point, we've never had a golf tournament like that. You got to tell have. you got to tell the players, or maybe just have a big green room. We don't tell the players, but I think you got to tell the players, and we just leave it as a mystery. We set up one of those big curtains, like in NASCAR. We do an unveil. Right, we do an unveil. Ooh, I like that. The first tee announcer says. Ladies and gentlemen, now on the first tee, yes. on the tee from USA, <laughs> Phil Wickelson. All right, and then there he shows up, and you're like, "Whoa!" There you go, followed like, by Richard Bland. It's like the Royal Rumble. Mm. The Royal Rumble, you had the two or, or three minute increments, and every every time, maybe it's five minutes, and when the time expires, you know, they're going to add another participant. Yeah, but here's why you can't do that, especially and, in England. You can't do it. It's a great on. idea. Hang on. You can't yeah. do it the bookies. Hang on. Hang the on. bookies will riot in yeah. the streets. Add another participant. And the only the only indication is you hear that person's theme music. Mm. It's the glass breaking. Oh, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. There's a gigantic pop. At this point, Stone Cold Steve Austin might be in the he field. might be in the field. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. The bookies. They would, yeah. Yeah, I was still hung up on the wrestling thing. You're, you're moving on all the practical reasons why we can't do this. We can't do this. They can't. It's it's Sunday. Yeah. Tomo- tournament week starts tomorrow. Yes, that phrase on property that those in the sports industry love so much. There are people on property right now. Yes. But we just don't know who the golfers are that are on property. Well, we know some. Generally, yes. Generally, the tee times for a PGA Tour event, and that includes the majors, even though they're not officially PGA Tour events, they count, they give 600 FedEx Cup points. It's complicated. It doesn't matter. If you miss the racing portion of the program, (laughs) you don't want to hear this portion either. Uh, They come out on Tuesdays. Tuesday is tee time day. Yes. So, but the players know they're playing. The fans know who's playing. 
Some of the players may even have an inkling as to when they're going to play. But Tuesday is when the, the, the groupings get released. Okay, but hold on, hold on. Yes. LIV has promised us a draft party. There's going to be teams. You're going to draft a team. When's the draft party? We don't even know who's there. Right. Uh, you just said we know some people. All right. Lee Westwood has committed. Yes. Sergio <laughs> committed a couple times. <laughs> is he officially committed? Uh, I Well, he committed the time he officially committed, which I don't know that we even had a story about that. And then he pretty much committed there in uh, – in Washington, D.C. when he was telling the rules of yeah, He was just venting. I feel like he was, he was committed. just venting. <laughs> my, friend. On, my friend. My friend. <laughs> Bless his heart. Yes. And uh, Phil. And and uh, Richard Bland. Richard Bland. So we got four guys that we know are, are at least interested in playing. Uh, Westwood hasn't, I don't think, because you know, I got to back off. Phil was committed to the PGA Championship and didn't play. Yeah, and I think that's when you read all of these articles about who's playing, it, it frustrates me to no end because simply that you've asked for a release does not mean that you're going to show no. up on Friday and have your theme music play and unveil that you're playing in it. Um, the only one that I know of for sure that has said he's playing is Richard Bland. Now, we can surmise that Phil may or may not play. Looks like he's leaning that way. Obviously, there were some sponsorship issues with Lee Westwood and Lee Ustazen. You know, is that directly because they've committed to go play? There's been no official release on that. But Lee Westwood surely has alluded to the fact that he's playing. Yeah, Westwood's made it pretty clear that he's he's into it. But until the field's announced, no one really knows. Right, and that's where I, I, want, I want to close the book on all this. Now, the good news is by the time we get to do this show, am I getting ahead of myself? By the time we do this show next week... We should. certainly hope we know who's in the field. Because <laughs> they will have started on Thursday. Well, Friday. It's only 54 Friday, holes. That's right. It's only 54 holes, which, by the way, so why don't they catch myself? They should start on Thursday. It should be over with. But they do whatever. I, I don't even know what day they intend to start on. No, I don't mean They've sold tickets for this. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about the ticket pricing and all the hullabaloo that caused. Would you buy a ticket for an event that you don't know who's going to participate? No. Like an NBA game is coming to Atlanta. Would you like to buy tickets? Well, who's playing? Is it the Bulls or the Hawks? Well, we don't know. It's an NBA it's game. It's an NBA game. We're going to have professional. Well, actually, it's not even an NBA game. It's a professional basketball right. game. Because an NBA game, at least. professional players. NBA game, there's at least an understanding that, oh, we, ha- we, have a, we, have a, we know who our options are. Yeah. They're all pretty good. I could probably find somebody on every team that I can, I'd want to watch. Or, you know, at least it's the highest level. You're right. This is a professional basketball game is going to be played. We don't even know. We're going to Wichita, and we're bringing a professional basketball game. Would you like to buy tickets? Yeah. It's the Flint, Michigan Mega Bowl. That's what they're putting on in London. <laughs> in the annals of time, David, this is going to go down there with the three biggest accomplishments of humans. The, dis- <laughs> the discovery oh. of fire, the invention of the submarine, and the you Flint Michigan the wheel out. How could you leave the wheel out? And the Flint Michigan Mega Bowl. I didn't. Jackie Moon did. Well, he's wrong. Those were his three. Did you not listen to our first segment? <laughs> the discovery of fire, the wheel, the invention of the of the submarine, the fire and wheel make a car. That's Most true. important. That's true. All yeah. right. So, so we've had an announcement that we're not going to announce the field yet. Not going to announce the field yet. I don't know when they're going to announce the field. There are rumors now out there. Oh, let's talk about the rumors. Why not? I mean, what, what we get—that's all that's left. You and I hate rumors. There is no substance yet. 
there's but that's all we got. I agree. I agree. I agree. I've made no bones about the fact that I've worked with Greg Norman. You've heard me work on Greg, with Greg Norman. Everybody knows this. It was public. We shared an 18th Tower at the Ryder Cup. We shared an 18th Tower at the Masters. I've met him. I stayed in the house with him. I liked I liked him. Good dudes. Very good to me. This is a mess. Yeah, it is a mess. It is a mess. We, we talked about the draft party earlier. Apparently, the venue suddenly said, we're not going to have the draft party, and the draft party was taken off the LIV website. I didn't even hear about that. Oh, yeah. So they had the the Palace Ballroom in London that they were going to do the draft party at, and you could buy tickets for it. And then suddenly the Palace, and I'm making that up. It might not be the Palace Ballroom. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to look it up. Yeah. I think that was in the Blues Brothers. Maybe I watched that movie. But anyways, apparently the Palace Ballroom said, nope, no event here. And then suddenly the event was taken off the LIV website. Mm. What would you think of Ricky Fowler? Fowler was noncommittal. Uh, I I think most tour players feel exactly what Ricky Fowler said. Yeah, and the crux of that that I took away was I really want to know what the punishment is before I decide whether or not I'm going to do it. Yeah, I don't have the exact Ricky Fowler quote in front of me. We apologize for not having that. But Ricky Fowler was asked, would you go? And he didn't say no. And that was the only acceptable answer to anyone holding a microphone. He didn't say he was going either. Why would you say no to this if this actually starts to work, if it becomes a big money event, if it becomes everything that it's supposed to be? Why would you say no? Well, you would say no because you're questioning the sources, the source of the funding. Well, we've been down that road a, b- a bunch of times. That is a very slippery slope, one that Ricky Fowler's not willing to go down right now. And like I said, I think every PGA Tour player, all of the LPGA Tour players that play in the Aramco series, they all feel the exact same way. Ricky was at least brave enough to say it. Yes, I agree. Um, But I think what he wants to hear is not going to happen. If I'm the PGA Tour commissioner, I am not sending out a memo of here's the punishment if you go play. I'm just going to punish you. And that's what Richard Bland is waiting on. He's going to go play, and he'll he'll play it out. And Greg Norman's been saying they can't punish you. And if they do punish you, I'll defend you. That's been the story that LIV's been putting out there. Hey, come play with us. They can't touch you. All right, well, that's a great thing for them to say. That's exactly what you'd expect them to say. Yes. I don't know that I, don't know that I believe them. Well, <laughs> speaking of rumors, so Greg Norman was questioned about why they're not supporting women's golf, and he made the comment that he went to both the Ladies European Tour and the LPGA and offered him a significant amount of money, and they said no. Yeah. Both of those entities were contacted, and they said, we never got offered any money. Yeah. So the the mess thickens. And how do you believe that it comes down to credibility at some point? If you're going to launch something and you're going to launch something at this scale, and I'm not trying to deride Greg Norman by a stretch of the imagination. If you're doing anything like this, I mean, you've got to have your ducks in a row and you've got to be perceived as being professional and buttoned up and put together. If you're going to create this alternative to the, the 800-pound gorilla on the end of the block, which is the PGA Tour, you and want, they have failed to do that. You want me to put my future in your hands? You better look like you can handle it. It's not looking that way right now. I totally agree. All right, we're going to step aside. More of the golf show coming up. We'll get you some scores. They are playing at Colonial. A guy that missed the cut last week might win this week. I wonder how he's going to feel about that. We'll chat about that. Plus, one dude did something none of you could have done, and he's getting paid for it. 
Tell you what we're talking about next. It's the Golf Show on the Fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Two of Atlanta's best golf experts right here on Atlanta's Golf Station. Now more of the Golf Show with Brian K. Crick and Ali Dean on Atlanta's Sports Station, the Fan. You know, it really wasn't a great tease because it said somebody got paid for some, doing something that you couldn't do. Go out and in the hallway there we're watching sports center highlights that's all those people getting paid for doing stuff we can't do uh there was a picture from last week tiger hits this shot at the pga championship and there's probably 40 people in the picture that you can see and they're all holding phones did you see this picture i did not they're all holding phones except for one guy good for him one guy is holding his beer <laughs> good for him and just watching his name is mark well at 14 dollars a glass i'd hold on to that thing I think too. it was 18 dollars <sighs> But it was uh, it was twenty six ounces or something like that, twenty five ounces, whatever it was. It was basically two beers, but still, they charged you a lot, and that was a big it was a big deal. So Michelob Ultra went and found this guy, the only guy in the picture that's not holding a phone. He's holding his Michelob Ultra. They found him, and they have they have put him in a commercial. Now here's here's the picture. Oops, there it is. So there he is holding his beer. You can you can search for this. That is awesome. <laughs> There's a T-shirt. Here's the T-shirt right there. Ollie and I are doing, we're not doing a radio show here for just a minute, but Michelob Ultra says, we found the Michelob Ultra guy. As you can imagine, Mark was hard to reach. He's proved he's, uh, he's proved it's only worth it if you enjoy it. So we immortalized him with some merchandise. Good for him. So they paid him. I don't know what they paid him. Uh, probably at least the cost of that beer. Speaking of getting paid, okay. did you see the 12-year-old Zeev Perez? I hope I'm saying his first name. I don't know right. how to say his name. Yeah, that's... We'll call him X-Man. He goes by X-Man. Yeah. Assigns an NIL deal with Cobra Golf. Yeah. 12 yeah. years old. He's not even a teenager yet. Is that Are we are we getting this a little ridiculous here, signing NIL deals for 12-year-olds? It depends on how the kids handle it. I mean, yes, but... Depends on how the kids handle it. You notice there's no there's no tale of money in that story at all. They don't tell you what he's getting. They gave him clubs. Uh, previously, you couldn't even do that. So just giving him the clubs and the shoes and the hat, you know, that would have violated his amateur status. Now it doesn't. You call it an NIL deal. I mean, this is a big, big blanket term right now. It is, yes. Woo. Um, all right, other story that uh, that was going around. I, I talked to friend. There's a friend of the show. We won't name him. I, I have that that Alan Shipnuck book. Some publicist who doesn't listen to my uh, the XM show sent it to me, <laughs> thinking that we might read it and then have him on. Um, I've now gotten plenty of feedback that I trust. I've not opened the book. If you want it, you can have it. No, I'm good. Um, the feedback is coming in and that it's underwhelming. That the stories that are in there are just watered-down versions of rumors that we've heard for 25 years. And and the, the shining example of it, I'm just not going to discuss on a Sunday morning. There's one that they're just... Yeah, the fact that it's underwhelming is unsurprising. Yeah. Um, and I saw some of the excerpts about Jim McKay and, and Phil splitting and... And what I saw was a lot of people who are not being named talking about things that can't be confirmed, and somehow we're calling this a book. That's the problem, and that's that's the one takeaway. So Bones just won the PGA Championship with, with Justin Thomas, and uh, he was seen carrying around the flag stick 
And the flagstick had those that laser reflector thing on the top. So what the caddies usually do is the caddies take the flag off of the 18th flagstick, and they the caddies keep the flag. Uh, they give the stick back. They don't want it's hard to travel with the seven foot tall stick, but they do keep the cloth, the the actual flag. And and the story is that Phil never gave any of those to Bones. That's the story. Yes. The problem is the source of that story is not Phil. Phil didn't tell Alan Shipnuck I never gave those to the bone to Bones. Well, it must have been Bones then. Yeah, you would think, except that Bones also didn't tell Alan mm. Shipnuck. He never gave me any of the flags. So it goes back to a lot of unsubstantiated rumors. There's no confirmation of whether things are true or not. It's just, it's literally the proverbial beauty salon rumor mill is now imprinted. Yeah. And then and we talked about it earlier, you and I. There, there's a whole lot of folks that are reading this book that don't, that didn't watch golf back when Phil was, when a lot of these stories were going on. I mean, if you're 25 right now, 10 years ago, you didn't watch golf because you were 15. And 10 years ago wasn't all that long ago when we're talking about the career of Phil Mickelson. If you only started watching golf in the last 10 years, first of all, there's a lot of you out there. You're the Twitter group. You're, You're very important to a lot of advertisers. We love you, but you didn't know Phil Mickelson tried out for the Toledo Mudheads. You weren't watching golf then because you were eight so, Al, that's, that's what it seems like he's done is he's gone back and he's realized, I'll give him credit for this, that his audience, that woke golf Twitter crowd, his audience, doesn't know any of these stories because they've never heard them before. He doesn't even have to tell them well in order to tell them because in or his pinch, book... Or apparently substantiate them. Yeah, or even get them right. Yeah. He's telling them to a lot of his audience for the first time. We have the burden of having watched Phil his entire professional career. These are old stories to us. So he's not even telling them well. And we're here and I'm like, oh, yeah, I heard that. That's that's not even close to right. And that's a terrible version of something that's not even close to right. But the people that have never heard him are like, wow, really? There was a period of time when he may or may not have gone to Ohio. Easy. Don't go any farther. Well, what we do know is he was a great amateur golfer. Yes. And speaking of amateurs, NCAA Championship men's group is going on as we speak. Stanford won on the women's side. Yes. And in the match play era, which I think goes back to 2013, they are the first number one seed to ever win a national championship. I did not see that nugget. Yep. Well, congratulations to the Stanford Cardinal women's golf team. Right now you got Oklahoma leading the men's group. Uh, Georgia, I believe, has still got a chance. Tied for 10th going into round three. Top eight make it to match play. They need a good round today. Go dogs. They do. Uh, we got a lot of locals out there. Chris Cupid, by the way, from Rivermont is out there officiating. Good for him. He knows the rules. Knows how to play golf, too. Yeah, good player. Knows how to run a golf course. Rivermont. I love that golf course. Oh, Rivermont's fantastic. Can you still wear spikes out there? I bet. I don't know. Last time we played, you could. That'd be a, that's more of a Mark Hoban question. He's the superintendent. But if he wasn't afraid of it then, I don't think he's afraid of it now. And I don't think Cupid's going to say no. No, probably not. I don't know. Good question. I don't have any. Hope Georgia has a good round. I think they're two strokes outside of the top eight right now. So got a good chance to make it to match play. Yeah. And then that gets them to the uh, East Lake Cup. 
It does. Anyone that makes it to match play or the the final four on each side, on the men's side and on the women's side, come to the East Lake. I Cup. thought everybody that made match play got to go. I think it's just four of each. Might be. I don't know. The East Lake Cup's a whole lot of fun, also. Lots and lots of fun. And is uh, so Scotty Scheffler, by the way, is leading the shop, the Charles Schwab Challenge. Coming off a missed cut of the PGA Championship. Yeah. You know, he was the one guy on my pick five team that did not make the cut. This could be his fifth win of the season. Pretty amazing season. <laughs> he is the number one player in the world. And don't miss the uh, the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship. Stephen Ames with a lead right now over Weir and Langer. Have a great race day, everybody. David, good stuff. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Is there chaos in your closet? Look, Blouse, you've got some nerve hanging there like that. I can't help it. I'm jammed in here next to this suit. Hey, I'm a three-piece, all right, which means I need a little more room. You've got a lot of attitude for a linen suit. I'm a polyester blend, sweetheart, and there needs to be room for men's clothes, too. Hi, I'm Christina, and in Artisan Custom Closets, we help families organize and simplify their closets with customized storage solutions. See what's possible for your home at artisancustomcloset.com and then call us for a free in-home consultation. 